Here at Total Wine and More, you'll find what you love and love what you find, especially our totally low prices. That rosé you recommended was a hit. What should we try for more fun in the sun this weekend? Your friends will love this refreshing sparkling wine. <laughs> Perfect. Wow, that price is refreshing too. Find what you love, love what you find. Only at Total Wine and More. With the lowest prices in the DMV. Drink responsibly, B21. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. So today we are going to answer the ultimate question. How would Sean Bean have died in 1997's American action thriller uh, slash prison break slash flight movie (laughs) in air entertainment, Con Air. And if this is your first time checking out this segment, this is how it works. We cast and kill Sean Bean. Now, we cast him as either a leading or a cameo role. Could just be a random bystander. And then we have to decide how he dies. Because Sean Bean seemingly dies in every film he's in. Uh, One film that comes to mind is The Island. Spoiler alert. uh, He takes like a, what is it, like a grappling hook gun to the neck or something? And then gets, gets hung off a balcony? Those weapons were not necessary in The Island, but... I, maybe they were. I don't know. <laughs> but either way, we are trying to make sure that Hollywood understands every missed opportunity they had of casting Sean Bean in their films to kill him because we want him to have that world record. And he's got a long way to go. Danny Trejo takes every movie and dies in all of them. So let's let's kick this into gear with Con Air. Now, before we jump into this, we are joined by now two-time Sean Bean assassin, Dan from the one and only the movie seller podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, dude. I feel kind of bad for Sean Bean, but like <laughs> it just works, man. It just works. <laughs> it does. I you know what? He I think he came out with a statement saying he wants to stop dying in films, like stop casting him, but he's just so he's so killable. He's got an adorable face and he's just fun I mean, to kill. You take what you can get, you know, in Hollywood. If you're the guy that dies, you're the guy that dies, you know. All right. At least you're the guy that somethings. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> I'll take dying over just like the random like asshole boyfriend or something like that. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And usually he dies in like noble ways. So right. Yeah. For, or gruesome. You know, just yes. It's not Memorable. just. A, it's not just. Oh, I died. I died. I had a disease. Um, That's right. That's right. The one, the one time he had a disease was in ah, uh, oh, what was it? The Black Death or something. He he literally had the plague, but then they yep. they they drawn and quartered him. So I mean, why you got to do that to a dude who has the plague uh, already? <laughs> what the I hell? Mean, what are you proving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for those that don't know, the movie seller, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your show and where they can find you? Yeah, so we are the movie seller, and we watch uh, movies on VHS. I actually have my Con Air VHS tape right here with me to uh inspire me through the episode but (laughs) yeah so we just started our third season and this season we are historically we've watched through alphabetically and picked a different movie from each letter of the alphabet 
progressively. This season, we're doing it a little bit different. We're calling this season the Back to the Feature season, and we are watching through the years that VHS was mainstream media. From 1978, which was the first year that it really took off in America, to 2006. We Let's see, we've dropped 78. We're getting ready to drop 79. And uh, yeah, it's we're, we're excited about it. And we're also getting ready to do our second annual Trash Bash event. Awesome. So this year, we're calling it 24 Hours of Trash. And it's going to be like a marathon session. We'll be watching movies. We'll be playing music. We'll be doing a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah, basically for every $100 that people donate to the JDRF, we will do an hour of the show. We're at five hours so far. So, Oh, how awesome is that? I'm, I'm pretty stoked on it, man. I'm pretty stoked. We're going to, it's going to be in May. So we got enough, we got enough runtime to hopefully get up to that full 24 hours, but uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited. We, we will shout it loud and proud. That was a lot of fun last year. You had some really fun, fun events, some great guests and some great swag to give away too. So that was really Oh yeah, cool. man. We're going to do all that again. You know, anyone who donates over a certain threshold and it's not much, it's, you know, we'll get stickers and custom mini prints and stuff. So many people were super involved last year and I've been reaching out, like, how can we get involved this time around? So uh, we'll have a lot of cool stuff to give away and uh, it's going to be pretty fun. We're actually planning on hosting it at uh, our new co-hosts uh, pawn shop. So, oh, all right. Wait, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Zach, who has been on our show several times, is now our official third co-host of the show. And uh, he is opening a pawn shop and we're going to be doing the 24 hour stream from his pawn shop. How cool is that? It'll be fun. That's fun. That's, yeah. that's innovative, fun thinking for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, anything to help the cause. Absolutely. Great cause. Yeah. I right, got to help, got to help these kids. Absolutely. So cool. That's a, that's a lot of, a lot of good stuff this year. Got a You're lot going to, on. Got a lot going start. on. Yeah. I, I better, uh, we better wrap this up so you can get to work. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Con Air. We reviewed this film geez, last summer and I was, I was so looking forward to it. Cause this is one of those movies that you watch as a kid. I'm like, man, this is, it's just, it's got everything to it. It's got the great action. It's got the sweet guitar riffs. It's, yep. it's a little bit of everything. And then I don't, I don't know what happened. And this is kind of one of those things that I, I was nervous about with the whole approach of us reviewing our nostalgia and that what you think a movie is going to be when you rewatch it with a different headset on, it doesn't hit the same way. And this, for some reason, Conair, it it hurt. And I feel like I need to go back and watch it again with without thinking of it from an analytical podcast point of view and just enjoy just the sweet, sweet, ridiculous action and story that this is. Because there's, there's a lot to this. And I yeah. was just picking up clips when I was trying to get ready for Sean Bean. And like every clip's got this sweet guitar. I'm like, man, this is just this is just pure action that had no business being in the nineties. It was like everything that made the eighties great was transported into 1997. Yeah. There was this beautiful window, like in the late, like the, you know, 96, 97, 98, where there was just some epic, like completely insane action movies coming out. It just so happens that that is the exact window when Michael Bay started making films. And I'm not saying there's a necessary correlation there, but, there definitely is, you know, Nicholas cage was crushing it in the, in that time period, you know, yep. with the rock and face off and con air, like 
those are three quintessential 90s action films you know and they sure. came out within like a six month span of each other so you know i i listened to your con air episode it broke my heart i'll tell you that <laughs> and we've you know we've gone back and forth on twitter about it all all in good fun but you know i will say all in good fun that you are absolutely wrong and that that con air dude when we watch con air for our show so we did a whole cage series for Christmas, mm-hmm. like Mary Cage Miss. We watched Con Air. I watched it five friggin' times <laughs> because I was so I was like the complete opposite reaction of yours, right? Like I probably hadn't seen it. Now, to be fair, I watched Con Air a lot. And I think probably before that I had it had been a couple years, so, which was like the longest I had ever gone without watching it. And I was like, going into it, I was like, it's not as good as you remember it. You're being ridiculous, Dan. You're like overinflating this to be funny and you're like buying into your own nonsense. And then I watched it and I was like fully erect the whole time. <laughs> no, but seriously, I am so in love with this movie and like the cast is insanely good. The characters are like these cartoonish characters and the plot is so absurdly ridiculous. Like it has every magical element that makes Hollywood fun, that makes movies fun. You know, like it doesn't make it great in a like (laughs) cinematography sense. Although Mm -hmm. if you do dig into it, like Con Air is a legit movie as far as like special effects and stuff go. Oh yeah. When they yeah. when they blow up that friggin' casino, that's legit. Like they really yeah. they were planning on blowing up that casino and you know they got together were like, "Hey, you know, you're blowing up this casino. Can we fly an airplane into it?" And they were like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" <laughs> you know, so they had like one chance to do that right. And so like most of the effects in the film are all done practically. So there is definitely like, it's garbage movie. It Mm. is ridiculous. And, you know, it's not going to change. I mean, I don't know if I even believe this, but I guess I'll say it. It's not going to change the world, but you know, (laughs) it depends on who you are. I think, I think (laughs) if everybody around the world sat down together and watched Con Air, there'd be world peace. But it might happen. (laughs) (laughs) I think, though, seriously, man, I think what needs to happen is you and I need to get together. We need to do a party watch of this movie. And I promise you, my passion for this film (laughs) will rub off on you. It's like it's unavoidable. I I think because the last time I saw this was so long ago that yeah. it just you know there's in my head it was one thing and then just like you know what am i doing <laughs> so yeah. i think i think i need to put myself in the right headspace and just soak absolutely it in. how much well, of this film do you think is actually in slow motion <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be like a quarter of it right you know all the explosions all the running yeah. from the explosions yeah there's a lot there's a lot uh that they really want you to take in they need time to get those sweet guitar licks in there oh yeah you gotta so- <laughs> <laughs> flowing hair contract oh man nick cage had to nick have. cage's hair has never looked sexier <laughs> <laughs> all right well there's our opinions of, of a brief five minutes on on Conair. I will have to watch this again. Maybe maybe sit down a nice nice summer day and just just bring yes. it again and see what happens. Yeah. Now that you're in the right frame of mind for it, 
you know, right. and now that you're going to take it at the seriousness that it deserves, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say how high or low, but like the appropriate amount of seriousness for the film. I think you will enjoy it with boyish wonder again. I believe in it. (laughs) Uh, I love his Southern accent in this one. Oh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll I'll save this for when we get into the actual Sean Bean murder part, but there's something to do with the Southern accent in there. So, Oh, lovely. (laughs) Well, let's, let's not waste any time here. Let's just jump straight into into this. So like I said, we will cast Sean Bean into this movie, and then we have to go break down how exactly he meets his end. Now, I have a guest submission actually from my wife, who I'm going to share first. Yes. She wasn't able to join us tonight, but she gave me – I brought it up to her. She's like, hey, do you want to jump in and kill Sean Bean and Conair? And she said, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> However, this idea just popped into her head immediately, so I had to write it down. So here we go. Sean Bean was sent to prison at the same time as Cameron Poe, and they immediately become friends. They didn't have anything in common except for one thing, the appreciation for long, flowing locks of hair. Yes. They had to talk prison strategy about how do you keep your hair silky smooth when you're in prison (laughs) with limited resources. So Sean Bean, you know, while Cameron Poe is doing all these crazy jujitsu stretching and muscle toning moves in his cell. Sean Bean was sitting there just brushing his hair. <laughs> so at the end, when they're both getting out and they're both boarding that plane, Sean Bean's hair is actually longer and much smoother than Poe's. So Cameron Poe gets out of the, the bus first. And of course you get that slow scene where he's looking up, just taking in that fresh freedom air, yes. blowing his hair back, that perfectly gifable moment. Yes. Well, Sean Bean can't be one up there. So he steps off that bus, does a whole hair whip, feels <laughs> like a it. Shampoo commercial. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. However, his hair is way too long. Way too long. He does it a little bit too close to that giant jailbird plane. And unfortunately, oh, no. his hair gets caught in that propeller. And it just whips <laughs> him up and just sucks him right into it and just decapitates him. All ending Damn. Sean Bean. That poor hair. <laughs> Damn, Dana. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that's what you get, Sean B, for trying to show up Cameron Poe. You don't do that. Nah, man. Do not. Nope. <laughs> oh, All dude, right, Dan, that's pretty. What, what do you got for us? Well, since we're doing guest submissions, I will tell you the thing I just teased about the Southern accent. I told my wife, I said, you know, we're getting ready to cast and kill Sean Bean in Con Air. And after kind of explaining the concept to her, she's like, wait, he's not in that movie. I was like, no, 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 no. We're going to put him in the movie <laughs> and then we're going to kill him. And she's like, oh, you should just have him die from all the stupidity of Nicolas Cage's Southern accent. <laughs> he just he just gets to the point where he just looks into the camera and says, I can't anymore. And his head explodes. <laughs> It's like, you're just trying to hurt me. You're just trying to hurt me. <laughs> so what is he like? Another inmate He's like, what, what yeah. area of the South are you from? Is that, yeah. is that New Orleans? It's like, <laughs> I, I'm from Louisiana. That's, I don't know what this accent is. And just, it just messes with his head. He just can't take it. Exactly. It just makes his head explode. He just can't handle it after, you know, <laughs> after enough time, he's just like, no, it's not worth living anymore. And he spontaneously combusts, I guess. But I will say this for Nick Cage. Well, I don't I I was going to say this in favor of him, but it actually makes it worse. He spent time in the South to work on this accent. 
like he spent a few months hanging out in the South, I believe in like Georgia, not even because right. it seems like the closest that you could nail down for that accent would be like New Orleans, which is still not even remotely what it is. <laughs> right. And this is coming from someone from New England. Like even I am aware that it's bad. Um, But anyway. Yeah, he spent time down there, months down there, and that was the outcome. So he's just so uh, real, man. He's just real on a level that we're not even at yet. You know, maybe. that's what it is. <laughs> maybe everyone down south has the wrong accent, and he actually that's nailed right. it. That's right. It's like a little Chuck Norris flip there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe just he spent so much time in Georgia that once he got on camera, he forgot and then just reverted <laughs> to whatever he thinks the south sounds like i don't you're know you're gonna bait me into talking bad about the south and i'm not gonna do it all right i'm not gonna do it if somebody wants to hear that they can listen to my show <laughs> all right I'll, I'll stop then so i have i have two moderately thought out all right attempts here do you want me to just throw one at you just throw it out there man all righty so here's the first one i thought about as soon as you said we're doing con air no ifs ands or buts so got to Sean Bean is a car wash attendant and he's working harder than everyone else there because he knows if he goes above and beyond, he will get the better tips. That's just, you know, common sense. Just the so tips. one car rolls Sorry. through <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one car rolls through the car wash and they ask for the works package. They want it fully detailed. He's like, I'm on this. I, I got this. this, this man and woman couple. He takes care of them. Well, that car is perfect. It looks brand new. So you know, as you know, they're rolling out, he gives the keys back and says, here you go. The driver and his wife, they give him a $50 tip and say, Hey, you know what? You keep working like that with that work ethic, the sky's the limit for you. <laughs> so just as they pull out of that car wash, the seagulls are flying by and they unload on that car, you know, and they, they talk about all oh, this is just, just my luck. I just get out of the car wash and bird poop. <laughs> it's like, well, it's good luck. Well, Sean Bean happens to just glance over and sees this mess that just hit that car after you just spent a good hour cleaning it. He's like, no, not on my watch. I got to take care of these people. So they come back to me. He runs out into traffic with his squirt gun and his, his rag. And he just jumps on that hood and starts cleaning it up really good. It's like, I got you. Don't like worry a homeless about it. guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. All right. Like, I'm going to take care of you. And just at that moment, that's when Dave Chappelle comes flying out oh, of the no. sky and crushes him. Yes. It turns out the sky truly was a limit, but it was only about 20,000 feet ending <laughs> Sean Bean. So. Oh, man. That's so funny. I definitely tried to figure out a way to work in the flying body into my into my <laughs> death of Sean Bean as well. But I did not succeed. So that was that was well executed because <laughs> I was like, how can you make that scene any better than it is? But I like how you're still you're sticking with the same scene, essentially like, you know, the same couple doing the same thing, having the same conversation. You're just introducing a new element there. So that's perfect, man. It's, it's a great scene. I feel like any movie that we kill Sean Bean in and there's somebody falling, you yep. got to find a way. And it's you got to find a way to make them land always on always my go-to. <laughs> you know, I thought about just making them kind of just escape pinball falling. And then that crazy crash scene where like literally five to 10 cars just immediately just start hitting each other for no yes. reason. Yes. Maybe he could get crushed that way, but he's like, you know what? He needs to get hit by Dave Chappelle. That's yes. Just, I love that. It's just a rule. So, <laughs> so there we go. That's mine. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. 
You know, one element that this film has that doesn't get talked about very often because of all of the other things going on is that Cameron Poe's best buddy, what's his name? Baby O. Yep. He is a type one diabetic and it is very, very imperative that he gets his insulin or else he apparently will immediately die. So I just want to clear the air here as a parent of a type one diabetic and a big supporter of a charity that it supports type one diabetes research. That is not how type one diabetes works at all. Yes. Without insulin, you will eventually die, but there's no like stopwatch on the issue. Like it takes a long time. However long it would take you to starve to death is how long it would take you to die. So since we're already throwing diseases in there that we're totally misrepresenting on screen, <laughs> I think we need another inmate in here with another disease who doesn't fare quite as well as baby O. And so that's when Sean Bean comes in. See Sean Bean here. He is another friend of Cameron's and baby O's, but he has celiac disease. And so the problem is that if he doesn't get some gluten-free pizza, when they stop, <laughs> when they stop at this airport in the middle of nowhere, he will die because that is how celiac disease works. And, and so they land and the pizza guy is supposed to be there, but like pizza guys always are, he's obviously late and Cameron doesn't pay him full price for late pizza. Although that's a Ninja Turtles reference, but still he gets the pizza. He brings it to Sean Bean, but unfortunately Sean Bean has expired because he didn't get his gluten-free pizza in time. And we all know that that is how celiac disease works. So. <laughs> So you can't, you cannot say that you don't learn something from this podcast, guys. So there that's it is. Right, that's right. There you go. That's, <laughs> some if you have friends with celiac, you got to feed, the, force feed them. Glue. They can tell you no, they don't want it, but they're lying. They do. They you just got to mm -hmm. force it down their throats. Yeah, it's you save them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one that's one of mine. That is awesome. You know, I almost also cast Sean Bean as a uh, pizza delivery driver as well as a car wash attendant because he's just doing these odd jobs to to make those tips. Got to support Well, see, himself. pizza's tied in there. Maybe Sean yeah. Bean is the driver, the pizza driver, and the celiac guy. Both he's like double cast, or his twin brother, and they just yes. both die in the same day. He didn't. He died, so he could not deliver this pizza to save his brother. Man. And so his brother dies too. Uh, Man, double double Sean Bean death in one film. Have you done that yet? You know what? I don't <laughs> think so. Well, <laughs> I don't think see, we've done that. This is a first. This is a first. Mm -hmm. How many of these episodes have you done? Like ten? Oh, geez. It's it's been a lot. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. You're hearing it here first, folks. All right. World premiere. That's right. We're double killing Sean Bean and Con Air. And if there's a movie that deserves it, it's Con Air. <laughs> If it's a movie that it makes the most sense in, it's Con Air. It's Con just, Air. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have one more that I wrote down. All right. A bunch that just live in my head rent free. I like but, that. Uh, here's, here's my last one. So Sean Bean is with his buddies on vacation in Vegas, and he has about as much luck at the casino as Clark Griswold. <laughs> and he's always losing. Every slot machine he's on, he just throws money away. Every table, the table goes cold. So nobody, none of his buddies will play with him at all except for the last day he's he's committed it's like i got to leave with something just to say i won so on the very last night he's sitting at the craps table 
and he starts hitting and he starts starts winning. He's like, oh, this is going crazy. Then he takes it to blackjack and he starts winning there. He's like, this is the best night of my life. So then he takes it to roulette and you know, he's, he's just betting black and red, just constantly just switching back and forth. And he keeps hitting. He's amassed this great, huge pot. He's like, I can't lose. So finally he's like, you know what? It's the last day. This is all just stuff. I won. I'm just going to bet it all on red. Everyone around the table just gasps. Like, I cannot believe this guy just threw all this money on red. So he takes a deep breath and they let it go. So he's watching the ball go around and around. Sean's starting to sweat. And suddenly there's a low rumble going through the casino. <laughs> Everyone starts looking around like, what, what is this? And if you listen very carefully, the sound of this sweet guitar riff is growing louder and louder. <laughs> Everybody starts running because they, they know something's about to happen but not Sean Bean. He is sitting at that table. You do not leave a hot table because that's the rule. That's right. And then bam, that plane comes crashing through the front windows. That propeller that happened to spin off and then slice the plane in half right between Poe and Cyrus. It happened to do a boomerang effect and come all the way around. Why not? And it's, it slices <laughs> Sean straight in half and his oh. blood goes flying all over the roulette wheel, covering it in blood, ensuring that that ball lands on red dude poetic poetic <laughs> tim boom <laughs> thus sean bean won everything but he lost it all dude that is beautiful take a bow man <laughs> that was beautiful like like the poetry of that the picture painting of that like that is legit dude <sighs> and savage I'm impressed. I'm impressed, man. <laughs> Especially throwing the propeller in there and everything. Yeah. It had to go and somewhere, I, right? It it did. I mean, it's a boomerang propeller. Like you said, it's going here and there and everywhere. It's like the bullet that shot Kennedy, man. Right. It had <laughs> enough velocity to come flying off the plane, slice it in half, yep. and keep going. So yeah. there's no stopping this propeller. So no, it, no, 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 no. It's, it's probably it's, still spinning right now. <laughs> it, it probably is. It's like those fires that are burning in the coal mines forever and mm -hmm. ever. I heard about it's like that. Yeah. That's that propeller just going and going forever and ever. Got to harness that energy. Yeah, all these electric vehicles. <laughs> so I've got one more. That's a little bit. I would, I, I wouldn't say serious, but I feel like it fills a plot hole that I don't want to call it a plot hole. I'm sorry, Conair. I don't mean to say that there are no plot holes, but there, it definitely paints a more clear picture in my mind. Okay. Also, I have way more of these. This is just my last serious one. The rest of them I thought up at like 4 a.m. while I was laying in bed awake. <laughs> That's the so. way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So one of the really great scenes of the film is when Garland Green goes into the dried up pool and is having tea with a little girl, right? Mm -hmm. And and he's known as like a cannibal and you know he like wears people's people's body parts as, you know, he wears a girl's head through three states or something he says. <laughs> you know, he's he's the worst of the worst. And so this scene is really tense because he's because he's sitting here with this little girl and you can see it just building up in him. Like, like it does with a serial killer, you know, like he's just, mm -hmm. he wants, he wants to uh, whatever kill her and eat her and wear her head or whatever, you know, in, in the, the way the movie's shot now, you don't know how that resolves until they're flying away and she's waving goodbye to them. Mm -hmm. Now on our show, we actually mentioned this, that I wonder if 
if you cut that scene out, which is like a half a second of a scene, that's a very different story about Garland Green because you're left to think that he actually did kill the girl. And just that one wave implies that he didn't. And it makes me wonder if were there test audiences that like they shot this without that scene and they did not like it. And so they added it in or was this always the intention? Yeah. But however it was meant to be shot, clearly Garland Green is is intended to be a sympathetic character because much like your Sean Bean story here, he ends the movie at the craps table, right? I want to fully redeem Garland Green in, in a way that is unambiguous. And so this is what I'm thinking. He's sitting there, he's hanging out with the little girl and they're talking, sharing life stories. And she tells, she confides in him and she says, my daddy, he's a good daddy, but sometimes when he gets drunk, he beats me up. Gartland Green says, well, that's not nice. No one should beat up a little girl like you. And she said, yeah, he'll probably be mad at me for being out here playing with you. And he's like, all right, well, why don't you take me back to your house and I can meet your dad and then I can show him what a nice guy I am. So she brings Gartland Green back to her trailer and sitting in his recliner watching, I don't even know, whatever you they watch, <laughs> porn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with his gut hanging out is a very differently cast version of Sean Bean. Hmm. Not a good guy pretty scummy guy you know guy you really really love to hate and that uh, gartland green walks in and the guy who the hell are you and what are you doing in my house and i mean i don't know if sean bean could even pull this off but i think <laughs> he's a very dynamic actor i think he could and yeah. i think it would really show some range for him and then gartland green proceeds to uh, relieve the girl of her worthless father and uh, you know Maybe he wears Sean Bean's head back to the airplane. And, and thus the demise of Sean Bean, the horrible, drunk, abusive father. And wow. the full redemption of Garland Green. So now when you see him at the end of the movie, rolling dice, you are fully like, yes, this is a guy <laughs> who not only should win, but he should be set free. Because he has overcome his serial killer ways and will now be like the next Dexter and just kill bad people. There it is. So <laughs> there it is. There. <laughs> that's that's great. I gl- I'm glad you you went that route because I was also thinking not of the same vein. I was thinking Sean Bean, the the protector dad, coming out there with like a shotgun, to get away from my daughter. Yeah, that is what should have happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, angry. Like fat Thor just sitting there, just drinking PBRs, just not a good yeah, guy. I, I not could, a good I could, guy. I could do that. I just think it would really force Sean Bean to explore some of his lesser traveled areas of, in his acting career. Yeah. I think he's got it, though. I think he's got the chops. It is critical in that series that you come out of it thinking that Gartland Green is a good guy or he's turned over a new leaf. And so... You know, that would definitely make that much less ambiguous, much more clear. Like this dude is a good dude. And he not only didn't kill the girl, he helped the girl. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. More, more redemption for him. Cause then exactly. You know, then you're not yeah, leaving. Because, like, you know what? There's, there's the a real killer. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> the reality is, the casino. <laughs> at the end of the movie, 
I'm definitely like, this dude should full on be locked up. Like, we should not be rooting for this. But <laughs> no. the way the movie plays out, you definitely do. You're like, yeah, you go. But really, no, you don't go. You should go back to prison and because you're going to definitely kill and eat people. <laughs> <laughs> and Vegas is a perfect place to do it. Yes. Yep. Uh, I, I think we need the director's cut of Con Air. You know? I think I think we need our cut, the Dan and Tim cut of Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. Let's kickstart that. <laughs> yes. I love it. All right. So I think that covers our written down ones. Do you have any yes. ones, rapid fire ones you want to share? Okay. I have a, Oh my God. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to mess this episode up, but there was one that I totally forgot, which was my oh. best one. Oh, go. That's okay. Fine. Let's go for it. So, and then we'll go to the ridiculous. Okay. So this is my best one by far. I cannot believe I forgot it. So at the beginning of the movie where Cameron is beating up those guys and kills the one guy, like it's pretty stupid that he ends up going to jail for that. And the whole, like 100%. the rule, the different rules apply to you. Cause you were in them. It's like, no, that's stupid. And also <laughs> like he feels guilty about it and he shouldn't feel guilty about it. Those dudes were definitely trying to, kill him so Mm -hmm. this is how i picture it cameron poe walks into the bar he's just back from serving in the military and up walks one of his high school buddies who happens to be sean bean and they're kind of like shooting the shit and they're not super tight but like they know each other and there's kind of swapping stories and it's a nice night and and all the other same things happen and then cameron and his wife go out to the car and then these dudes are show up at the car and Cameron's like, all right, I got to fight them. So he starts to fight them, but he's going too far. And then Sean Bean comes out to try to stop him. But because Cameron's in a rage, he accidentally hits and kills Sean Bean. Mm. When Sean Bean's just trying to like help him and like get him off. That's what she said. (laughs) And so now the guilt that Cameron feels And like the fact that he gets convicted of manslaughter, that all plays out a lot better because like it wasn't self-defense because this was a guy trying to help him and he feels way more guilty because this is a dude who was nice to him. And so like it makes Cameron's character way more dynamic and it makes that whole experience of going to prison much more complex than just simply like I was wrongfully convicted, you know, so that was my other one. That makes it better. That makes the whole thing better. hundred percent. Right? Yes. You. I know. So, I, I can't believe like, I forgot kinda, that one. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of, what kind of shitty lawyer do you have? It's like, yeah, just, just plead guilty, man. You'll, you'll it get was off. So stupid. And then the judge, that whole thing with the judge being like, the rules don't apply to you, son, or like different rules apply. Like, no, dude, like the rules are the rules. Like it doesn't matter what your career is. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I get surrounded by I think it was four dudes. Yeah. Trying to beat the shit out of me. And they got a knife. Right. So they're, they, they mean business here. So yeah, come on. See, I'm telling you. And like, I like yours and he feels super guilty about it. He shouldn't feel guilty, but if he accidentally killed a buddy of his, he would definitely feel guilty. Yeah. So So that's two amazing moments with Sean being interjected here. Yes. That would make the film better. So I don't know what I want to say better. Uh, It would. (laughs) (laughs) I think Um, it would. Okay. So the ridiculous ones, I'll bang through these real quick. One Uh, is that the character that I was talking about who never talks is the airplane itself. So imagine Sean Bean voicing the airplane itself. (laughs) 
And so we kill him by crashing him into a friggin' casino, right? Beautiful. But him and Cameron, they have like a thing. They kind of talk to each other telepathically. I don't know. I told you it's out there. This was one of my 4 a.m. ones. So, so the other 4 a.m. one was like, we have this little side like Toy Story film going on in Cameron's box, right? You got the bunny in there. And she's all sweet and cuddly and stuff. But then you also have this like army action figure in there. And that's voiced by Sean Bean. Right. And so the first dude takes the bunny out of the box. And, you know, you have the famous line, put the bunny back in the box. And and he does. But the army guy like sees it and he's like, don't worry, bunny. Like, I'll protect you. (laughs) And like he fashions like a mask to look like the bunny. Now, you have to really stretch the believability here. But. You're doing that a little bit with this movie anyway, right? Yeah. So so Cyrus takes this the fake bunny out of the box, which is really Sean Bean. The action figure dresses the bunny and he holds it up. And only Cameron hears him and he says, and he says, Don't worry, the bunny's safe. And then <laughs> and then Cyrus kills him and he dies, but the bunny's safe in the box. <laughs> What you are doing at 4 a.m. is drastically different than what I am doing at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you have your own, so let's hear yours. So I okay. Let's. I was thinking, what's that? What's that? As kicker is he? Is he a, detect, a F, FBI guy? I, I'm trying to remember what his name was. Oh yeah, the dickhead. The dickhead. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but either way, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I have a side story with that guy. So he's the reason why he's such a dickhead and so angry is because before all the shenanigans happened, he happened to come home because he forgot his lunch and he saw his wife with another man. And that oh, his wife definitely Bean. cheats on him. Oh, that's a fact. Had, she he's the to. worst. <laughs> <laughs> so he had kind of expected it, but it happens to be Sean Bean. He just goes into a blind rage and he knocks him out, like pistol whips him. So he's out cold and he stuffs him into his Corvette trunk because you could probably only fit one body in that thing. And so he plans on taking care of him later. But then you got Cusack just steals his car and takes it to this, this abandoned airport with Sean Bean still in the trunk. So Sean Bean like comes to, he's trying to get out of this thing, but he, there's no room to move around. So he's just stuck there. And then lo and behold, it happens to get picked up accidentally by the tow cable and launched into the air with the plane and crashes with Sean Bean in it, killing him. Oh, that makes that seem way more brutal. <laughs> yeah. I love um, that. So I had that. That's good, man. I like that. I had this crazy, crazy theory that he may have been Dr. Strange at one point. So, you know, Dr. Strange can like manipulate time and space and he creates these portals to travel around things and the only thing that can make sense of when the fire truck crashes and cyrus mm. is attached to that don't ladder, even start with this <laughs> and somehow he launches to a gravel cr- crushing facility yeah the only thought that makes sense in my head is that sean bean dr strange creates a portal and <sighs> cyrus goes through that portal and Sean Bean doesn't see it. all of a sudden this body coming at him, hits him, and they both get carried into another portal, which happens to be at this concrete crushing facility. And they both get face smashed by this giant crusher because 
how else would he just happen to land to this unmanned <laughs> crushing machine? This was the nineties, man. There was shit like this all over the place. Okay. Just things that were literally like mousetrap board game style things built to kill villains. It's just the way it was. That was all movies. <laughs> all right. There's like, there's like belts and like, you know, hammers and yeah, the rock is the same way. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> come on, come on, man. What are you, what are you trying to do to me here? But I love the idea. I don't love the commentary on the movie surrounding <laughs> the idea. <laughs> I'm trying to make it make more sense in my brain. <laughs> That's where you're going wrong. So I, I got to bring Marvel into it. <laughs> All right. I, I can I mean, look, you want to bring Marvel into this. I am a hundred percent on board. <laughs> We can bring Ghost Rider in while we're at it. Yeah, we can. I had I had another one. It's kind of escaping me right now, but I'm sure he was just another inmate. He had a backstory because yeah, you know, for some reason there's a, a backstory to each one of these as they're entering the the plane. So he had to have something, and uh, I don't know. Maybe he also got set on fire. But yeah, maybe spontaneous, like legitimately spontaneously combust. He volunteered himself. You know, guys, look, I could do this thing. I'm going to do this for you guys. Just make sure you take care of my family afterward. You know, and he, and he just sits there like he's just going to like take a huge shit. And then instead of he just starts smoking. And then, <laughs> yeah, we came up with that one together. Yeah. Yeah. We could be. So Chappelle didn't have to smuggle in a or gag up a match. <laughs> That's true. He also gets to avoid all of the really racist comments that he makes about Native Americans in that part. So That's good. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to make it cleaner by uh spontaneous combustion yeah i think that's it. i'm sure we have a plenty more but oh yeah um, i mean a lot of people die in this movie so like there's a like lot of places to plug in, in. yeah <laughs> yep yep i don't know man i think i think your two suggestions for a director's cut would be legit and it needs <laughs> to happen so i don't know we'll have to write this director's cut or podcasters cut <laughs> yes yes and maybe we'll have to reenact these scenes and just cut it in there and just see if no anyone notices i mean you gotta start growing out your hair because i'm not gonna be able to do the hair I, I don't have hair so you know what i will i will use my resources and i'll try to recruit sean bean to uh all right to star in this for charity i mean you guys must know. be tight at this point right you're just like killing him over and over again he's probably like you know I, that. I keep getting these letters in the mail from his attorney and i just don't <laughs> open them i'm just pinning them to the wall so it's got to mean yeah. something right they're probably like thank you so much yeah I'm sure. i just wanted letters. to legally say thank you <laughs> <laughs> final notice is the final time i'm gonna say thank that's you. right yeah. that's right <laughs> it has to be what it is right for sure well, Dan, thanks so much. This has been a riot. I love talking to you. I love your podcast. It is probably, it is my favorite movie review podcast out there. You guys awesome, have a lot of man. fun. You do these films justice. I love your approach and you guys are fun. So anyone that hasn't, I'd be shocked if you haven't, but go check out the movie seller. They're doing a lot of great things this year, obviously. So stay tuned for that. The trash bash of this year is going to be amazing and I'll stay tuned and, and support yeah. that as well. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And I, I, you know, I love like the relationship that our shows have together. And, you know, you guys, you guys bring some really like great stuff to the table. We're just the way that we describe our show is if somebody just wants to come and hang out, that's what it is. We're just hanging out. We eventually talk about movies, but we talk about a <laughs> lot of nonsense along the way, as you can probably tell from the way I talk tonight. 
Like that's kind of how it is. But but yeah, man, I love the community of, of podcasters and I love that like we don't view each other as competition. We're just all having a good time together. And the support that we've gotten with all of our, you know, efforts toward the JDRF and trash bash, you know, from you guys and everybody last year and going into this year, we're stoked, you know. We're we're currently like we've raised like seventy five hundred dollars so far. We're hoping by the end of this year to hit ten thousand. It would be huge, you know. And for those of you that don't know, um, I, I think I did mention it, but like this is really close to me. My daughter is a type one diabetic. We didn't start the show planning on being like having a purpose, but uh, we're stoked for our listeners and our friends to to help us to actually have a purpose and and see it through. So. Yeah, you've you've raised a lot of money for this that I don't you know, like you said, you never went into it with this in mind, but no. you found success and you found a community. And yeah, you're right, man. This this podcasting community is amazing. And I'm so glad that we decided to make a podcast because I got a chance to meet you and so many other great podcasters out there. And we're just having fun. And this yeah. is, you know, this is awesome. So again, Dan, thank you so much for joining our show having some thanks fun for having us. me man this was a blast i hope that i hope that like i've renewed some like spark in you <laughs> that like maybe you might start to believe that like con air maybe there's something to con air that you just need to be in the right frame of mind to enjoy you know what there's there's a series of nick cage movies i have to rewatch. i hold off just in case we're going to review them with this this podcast but i don't think we're going to get to them so I'm like, yeah. you know what you basically said the the Trinity. Uh, yes, Con Air, The Rock, Face Off. I gotta check them out again, and just oh, maybe dude. I'll just binge them, and I'll report to you on how it goes. Yeah, man, that sounds like a great idea. I just want to plug really quick. I've mentioned a couple times people can donate uh, if you hit our link tree, which is linktr.ee slash the movie seller. The very first link on there will take you to our our campaign. The money goes directly to the JDRF. It's just a campaign page for us so that we know what donations came in through our our friends. So, yeah, yeah that's Absolutely. the way to do that. Or just scroll down on these show notes and it'll be everywhere. So, All right. Thanks, Tim. Awesome. So, Dan, thanks again. Love your show. Thanks for joining. And until next time, guys, we'll kill Sean Bean in another one. So <laughs> have a good one. <laughs>